0: Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor Mark Osterman and uh, from As the Joe Flies, Mr. Joe Chung. Mark and I, well, I'm still in Mexico City. We're going to talk all about our crazy meetup here. Mark just got back home. Joe is in his normal little nook at home, enjoying the September weather—not too hot, no sweat. So uh, I think things are good, right, Joe?
1: Yeah, this is the only time of the year where it's comfortable in here. I got, I got a two months here and two months in the spring, and it's going to be freezing soon, soon enough. So yeah, going to enjoy it while I can. But uh, yeah, you all seem to have a really good time in Mexico City. Not sad I missed it because there's no way I could have realistically made it. But in a theoretical world where I could have
2: made it, it looked awesome. It was even better than you think it was. <laughs> wow. No, <laughs> the, I FOMO mean, real. The, FOMO, the FOMO is real. The FOMO is real, especially like Friday night. Friday night might have been one of my most favorite travel experiences ever. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Like 40 people all having a great time at the same time is, is pretty special. It's like, It was like a wedding, but in Mexico City and impromptu.
0: Yeah, we have a, a lot to talk about with the group and everything that happened. And uh, we'll get to that in a second. But if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you get our latest episodes. And if you want to find links to, sub- to support the show, everything at mtmpodcast.com. We really appreciate any five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, too. That helps us out a lot with the almighty algorithm. So a little background on Mexico City. Uh, This was a meetup for our MTM Diamond group, uh, which is not currently open to new members. But, uh, you know, we have a group of about 400 awesome people. And uh, before I go any further, I just want to thank everybody who came because we had, I think, Mark, was it 62 people that joined us?
1: That is a serious party. Mark's nodding. Yeah. You can't hear. You can't hear us nodding because he's on a podcast. But...
0: <laughs> no,
2: I was uh, searching for the uh, last week's article on the podcast because we got some more m- mean reviews we can read later in the comments. So I was pulling that up. But yeah, 62 people in total, including me and Sean. So it's pretty epic. I think that was the biggest group we've had so far. Austin looks like it's going to be in December, going to be even bigger, like over 70 people. So they continue to grow as the myth and the legend continues to grow.
0: Yeah, and the goal has always been to meet up with uh, a positive group of people who want to have fun and want to travel not just discuss miles and points. Of course, we do that too and talk about all the places that we've been, where we're going, all the cool redemptions, the crazy mileage runs, but then just also to have a good time. So, But the big sort of background of this trip was that 15 years ago, I was in Guatemala for Guatemalan Independence Day, which just so happens to be a day before Mexican Independence Day. Different year, completely coincidental. Um, But then we traveled into Mexico, and it was right after Mexican Independence Day, and I sort of always wanted to do it, and always wanted to do it in Mexico City, in the Zocalo, which is the center square in Mexico. It's either the largest square in the world or one of the largest squares in the world, but it's a giant square in the middle of Mexico City with the cathedral. And uh, what they do is they do something called the Shout, And uh, what that is, is uh, the president of Mexico. El Grito. El Grito, yes, in Spanish. Uh, The Mexican president comes out and leads a chant, uh, you know, Viva, all these different things. But basically saying Viva Mexico, a giant fireworks show, uh, a very popular band was playing. Uh, There was, I don't know, over 100,000 people in this public square in the middle of Mexico. Um, And uh, so this was always something I wanted to do. I got to share it with my wife and daughter and uh, everybody else. But let's start with that, Mark, because it was a, uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun and the spirit there was incredible, but I'm not sure I've ever been in a crowd that intense or uh, that big uh, in such a small space.
2: Yeah. Cause you think, you know, like final fours and stuff like that, you probably get around, you know, 60, 70, 80,000 people in a city for that, maybe even like upwards to a hundred thousand Bowl type of thing. But even if they're in a stadium You know, people, 100,000 people can fit into the University of Michigan Stadium. They leave and they disperse and it's kind of open and it goes. But this is like crammed in this area and then they're all the side streets are packed for like two or three blocks. People are still cramming in, even though they can't really see what's going on there and there. It was hard to get, you know, out of by the time all that stuff was done. Getting into if you got there early enough wasn't super terrible, but it was still kind of chaotic. It was uh, if you're claustrophobic, you definitely wouldn't want to be in it. It reminds me of like those. 30 for thirties, where you see people getting squished at soccer stadiums because they keep getting pushed in through the gates. So that's something that you definitely have a little bit of fear of uh, just because if anything happens, you know, it's going to be chaos everywhere. But, you know, for the most part, went pretty smoothly. Everybody was there to have a good time except for a few uh, mischievous people.
0: Yeah. So uh, this event is well known for pickpockets. uh, And uh, yeah, that's uh, I guess the one negative takeaway from this weekend is that for people in our group did get their phones stolen, including me. Um, I had mine fairly protected, zipped up and everything, but there was a point where the crowd it got a little crowded and I did have my daughter there. We were trying to stay near the edge, um, which was fine. So it didn't ever feel like we were in any danger. Um, cause we were really close to the barricade, but also uh, I picked her up at one point just to make sure that she was okay. And then somebody unzipped went in my pocket and stole my phone. Um, that same night, three other people in our group lost their phones. One person also lost some other personal documents and stuff, which was a lot worse, I would say, than uh, losing your phone. You know, nobody had any other, you know, incidents here in Mexico City, but uh, it's well known for that. And unfortunately, four of us fell victim in a group of like 62. So I wonder how many thousands of phones they this, uh, this group of criminals stole uh, that night.
2: Yeah, they're pretty slick. Uh, one guy had his hands in his pocket on his phone. And they reached in and grabbed his arm and pulled it out and then ripped the phone out and handed it off like immediately. So he actually grabbed the guy that took the phone, but the phone was already gone off to the uh, the other teammates. And then they started to converge on him while he was holding him. You know, they started shouting. So he let go and walked away. So they got to it. So, you know, the first group of people went down there and all came back. And, you know, out of like the nine people, three of them got their phone stolen. So they came back and we hadn't left yet. Another group of like 10 people went down. So we went back to the hotel and dropped our phones off. Like I had planned to take my phone and stuff, but I wasn't going to take any documentation or anything. Definitely don't walk around a city with anything that's super important. Leave it in your safe. So a couple of people said, you know what? I'm still going to bring my phone. I have a coat with an inner pocket. It'll be fine. And they went down and, and did the filming for everybody else and it, and it worked out fine. We went to a different area that wasn't quite as condensed as where Sean and the others were. So I think that helped out quite a bit too.
1: Did anyone lose their phone?
2: I guess not because you would have said it. But,
1: I mean, if people are bold, like, would someone just steal the phone out of your hand while you're filming something? I mean, that would be pretty bold, but, you know, who knows? Pretty much. That's crazy to lose. Three (laughs) three out of nine phones out of a group of nine, 33%. Like, that's that's bananas. I hope uh, there's MTM Diamond insurance. I'm just kidding.
0: Well, I do have travel insurance that I believe will cover my phone um, you know, paid for travel insurance, not credit card insurance. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think it would be a little harder. There was a lot of people filming a lot of like locals filming and stuff like that. I think they're more kind of trying to be down, downloads, pickpocketing, cause it's not easy for them to get out of there and you're in tight groups. So, um, it didn't seem like they were, there was any sort of that, like, you know, people grabbing phones out of people's hands. So I didn't see any of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure these are professionals, right? They're, they're doing it. Um, I did get a phishing message, uh, obviously uh, put a marked it lost, went to, uh, you know, find my iPhone. Um, it was tracking up to a couple days afterwards, about a mile away. Of course, everybody made the joke, let's go, uh, let's go to the place where it's at. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to let it go. But they did text my wife because uh, we had put that phone number on there, um, hoping we had offered a reward, hoping that they would bring it back, that maybe it would be, you know, maybe it would be worth it to them uh, to bring it back to me. But it wasn't. Uh, but they tried to, to send us a phishing email so we would give them the password to unlock the phone uh, but that didn't work and uh, obviously reset all of the passwords logged out the phone um, remote wiped the phone and uh, did all of that good stuff so hopefully everything's safe the really the thing that really sucked joe was that i was on the cruise on the mardi gras that i talked about last week and uh, a lot of like videos that i had taken were not backed up yet because i just didn't have good enough internet so a lot of the pictures were but a lot of the videos weren't uh, so I did lose some of that, uh, to which maybe after my experience on Mardi Gras, maybe that was worth forgetting and just uh, and just losing those videos. But most stuff was backed up. Um, I was a little bit upset about it. I mean, it sucks to lose it. It's an iPhone 13 Pro, right? It's worth some money. It sucks, but, you know. Now you have an is... excuse to get a 14. There you go. <laughs> I was so a 14 anyway. No, but I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's fine. Uh, you know, I, I, that night I was a little bit upset. I tried to kind of distract myself a little bit. And, uh, and, you know, I just realized, hey, healthy, happy, uh, great time. And sometimes you make mistakes. I'm always generally pretty proactive with big crowds and pickpockets, but obviously not enough. So a lesson learned. And, uh, you know, I didn't lose too much sleep over it other than maybe that first night. Uh, but hopefully the insurance will cover it.
2: Yeah, we did, uh, as Joe was saying, uh, a member of our group, Vikram, when I went with the crew I went with, was holding his up filming and one of the girls in the group decided to do a joke and like grab the phone real quick out of his hand. He like freaked out. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. And she got
1: punched in the face. She came <laughs> home with a black eye. Yeah, very much. Which, uh, I, I mean, honestly, you know, everyone was probably on edge. So if he punched someone in the face uh, because of that, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Ari, your phone, Sean, a Big Carnival got to you, man. They didn't want, they didn't want any bad YouTube videos out there about Mardi Gras. They sent, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they sent a crew. Yeah, See, see, it's one of those it's one of those things where, you know, like uh, in the movies where they like blow up an entire building, but they're just trying to kill the one guy. You know, they sent all those pickpockets, pickpockets to get the phone. But it was it was all just for your phone, Sean. Big carnival.
0: Big
2: carnival. That's
0: that's uh, that's it.
2: I think the worst thing is like, you know, for the rest of the weekend, people that lost their phones. Luckily, a couple of them like where there were spouses. So the spouses still had the phones. But like Ian Snyder got his phone stolen. He couldn't. He didn't have any way to get in touch with anybody besides his computer, so he'd be like, "Where are you right now?" I'm like, "Well, I can send you, drop you a pin, but it's not gonna help if we move in ten minutes." So he'd have to be like, "I can't believe he right, when you got
1: his flip phone stolen."
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't his brick phone. It was his old iPhone that he used it just for pictures and uh, for Wi Fi. His uh, six
1: SE so... got stolen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: So <laughs> he was the first one to come back and say it, and I was like, "Well, at least yours is dirt cheap. It's worth like fifty bucks." Um, and then like more and more people came back. And then Sean randomly, he was still down there and he was randomly like walking to find a different area. And he happened to see us in a crowd of 100,000 people, which I still find kind of insane that we ran into each other when we were like a block apart to start with um, weaving through you know, everybody. You but, know what
0: sucks? And I'm just realizing this now is that I left the hotel probably five minutes before those people came back. So had I yeah. just waited a couple more minutes, I would have heard their stories. And uh, my I always let people go first there. and take the hit.
2: But well, I did. You know, but, you know, we... <laughs> you know I, I just barely
0: missed it. My timing was
2: off. I think they were really hitting, working the outskirts of the of the the big crowd, so they could easily get out if they needed to, uh, because we had a couple of people that went in like really early, like uh, at like three hours before the the actual shout, and they didn't have any problem with their phone. And I think everybody that was inside the the square was fine. That's where everybody was holding up their phones. I don't think they really messed with anybody that got there early. It was just all the people that were straggling in, in later that they could hit up and then get out of the area quickly if they needed to.
0: But I do want to stress that uh, there's a lot of good here, right? This was the one sort of negative. And of course it happens in so many cities. Uh, I'm from Las Vegas. It's one of the big pickpocketing places in the US and everywhere in Europe, I've actually watched people get pickpocketed. So it sucks that it happened, but anytime you have a, a big group of people like that, you're going to have that. Um, and, you know, like I said, lesson learned, you know, we, we took a sad picture, the four of us uh, together, the, the stolen phone uh, crowd, and we'll always have a bond over that, but, That aside, let's move on and talk about Mexico City because uh, one of the things I was most impressed with uh, having been there before is just how much culture there is, how unique the architecture is, how this feels like in some ways like you're in Europe, there's museums everywhere. And uh, it was fun to hear feedback from the group of members were there who hadn't been before. And everybody seemed to just absolutely love Mexico City. Even people uh, like Ian, who had been there before, who had his phone stolen, another member who had his phone stolen, saying that he absolutely can't wait to come back. So that was the big takeaway or the weekend wasn't, yes, phones got stolen, the incredible kind of energy around the Independence Day, but then just how cool this city really is and how much it has to offer.
1: Can I ask one more and more question about Independence Day before, uh, Mark, you continue on how cool the city is in general? I'm curious, compared to American Independence Days and, you know, you live in Las Vegas. I'm sure, Mark, you've gone to Detroit at least once for Independence Day. The scene, was it like more amped than the U.S. normally gets about July 4th or and, and is it your impression that it's this amped every single year?
2: I would say it's it's more cuz I feel like 4th of July is a big like barbecue hang out at your house, maybe go watch fireworks, but it's not like a big big festive like everybody just goes puts a blanket down and watches fireworks. So I think people love it and they and you know they get excited and they do stuff at their house, but this was like they wanted to do it as a community together, like people came in from all across the country to do this and th- that's something I'll say like I didn't see a lot of you know, foreign tourists that I could tell. I'm I'm sure there was like Mexican Americans there, and and coming in from elsewhere. But it seemed more of like uh, everybody from around Mexico came there to celebrate together. And you know, of course, everybody that lives in the city. So I, I expected to be more of a tourist draw when it really didn't seem all that that much. I, maybe I'm off on that, John. But it felt more like a uh, you know they came in from everywhere and they were just there happy to celebrate. So I I. I, I you know, let's say the president did a speech or a celebration at the, you know, Lincoln uh, Memorial every year. I think that would draw a similar crowd, though. I, I do. I just don't think we'd do anything like it.
0: Yeah, they do in D.C. They do a giant fireworks show. I've never been there, so I don't quite know how the crowds are and how the atmosphere is there. Yeah, but the president doesn't come. Like if the yeah, president no, comes out, it's like no, I, I, hey, I totally agree. Davy Crockett or what? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, just I mean,
1: the- I've done Boston, which is like one of the biggest. And back when I was like in my 20s, we would camp out on the Esplanade for the entire day to like be right in front of the barge and stuff like that. But still, with all that, it doesn't sound like what I'm imagining. Like, it just sounds like whatever happened in Mexico City was like so much more hype. And that's pretty cool. I mean, because Boston is already amazing. I mean, most a lot of people already have that on their bucket list to come here for the Fourth of July fireworks at least once, um, and so you know Mexico, Mexico City sounds even better.
2: I would say I've never been in it, but just from watch, watching the videos and stuff, I would say like New Year's Eve in New York's in Times Square would probably be the closest thing in in
0: the U.S. that we get to it. Yeah, I agree. I think this does seem like a, on another level from anything I've seen, and um, it's in a smaller area probably than even like New Year's Eve in Times Square. Um, so, you know, it's it's everything is just sort of intense. And the other thing is that it starts like several days before. So, you know, it's actually on the eve of, of Independence Day that they do the shout and the president does the speech and the fireworks. It starts basically in the early evening and then the shout happens at 11 and then the fireworks and then midnight starts Independence Day and then they have celebrations that go on. But even several days before that, people were in the square. Um, there's, you know, lights and uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So it's not just you know, just that day. So I do feel like it's a bigger celebration. The other thing is that they haven't done it to this level for a couple of years because of COVID. So maybe this was a, a little bit more uh, anticipated, but it's a well-known celebration and the Mexicans have such an incredible spirit and love of their country. And it was amazing to share it. And like Mark, I didn't see a lot of like other Americans there and stuff like that. It was Mexicans from pretty much everywhere is mostly what we saw and everybody just incredible spirit. Amazing street food, you know, flags everywhere, uh, you know, faces painted, all that good stuff. They
2: wake you up the next morning at 6 a.m. because they're ready to march. And that military parade the next day is like, I don't know, they like each individual uh, institution in the military, like did a display of like what what they're good at and stuff. And there's guys in ghillie suits with sniper rifles walking around and they had drummers and people doing their shouts. And that was a, a spectacle. Like we walked it before they even started and it was like 10 straight blocks full of, you know, the full street full of each individual squad and and all that kind of stuff. It was pretty crazy. Like they had a a guy that trains Falcons was there. They brought in helicopters with people rappelling down from them, parachuting in smoke shooting off of their thighs while they're hanging from the rope below the, the helicopter. That was, you know, impressive. I don't know how much they spent, but it was a lot of money.
1: That sounds awesome. Um, And, you know, I did cut you guys off. You were going to talk about how cool Mexico city is even without all that stuff. And Mark, I know you were there a little bit early, Sean, you got there early too. So do you guys get to explore before all of, I mean, obviously the festivities had already started, but you know, what else did you guys get to see in the city?
0: Yeah. Before we go to that, I want to talk about the military parade really quick. Uh, So we decided to stay at the Hampton Inn uh, in downtown or in the central, in the central part of the city, a couple blocks from the square. Basically, so it was easy to get to the square for Independence Day. But also, you know, when we woke up that morning, you just looked outside and there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of people. You mean when we got woken up because it was (laughs) so loud? Yes, exactly, with their whistles and their their hums. But, I mean, looking out the window of our hotel room, just thousands of National Guard troops uh, lined up. And then on several different streets, you had the Air Force, the Army, the uh, Navy— any kind of military you can think of. There was tanks. They had flyovers probably every three to five minutes. I mean, they did recycle some of the planes, but you saw everything from jet planes to like cargo planes to helicopters, like Mark said, repelling and smoke. And it was just uh, an incredible thing to see. I mean, it was something that we've never, we don't really have in the US, I guess. They do it in other countries, but uh, yeah, it was something that I really enjoyed. Um, The police have these weird sounding whistles though that are like these like squeaky whistles that I, that you could hear constantly all the time. So there was a downside kind of staying in the center, I guess, but it just meant that we were right there. We didn't have to deal with traffic. We had some other members who were kind of staying on the outskirts and there was a lot of traffic to get to the center. Um, I guess this is miles and points show. So the Hampton Inn, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Maybe we'll do a mini review of that a little bit uh, later. Uh, But Mark, why don't you want to talk about uh, Mexico city a little bit?
2: The vibe is, is definitely very European. Like the, the, architecture and i'm a big uh, architecture fan like old buildings cool doors you know all that it has all that old uh, cathedrals churches the palace is really cool the city square is like if you ever been to the one in brussels it's like that but like 10 times bigger so it gives you the same type of vibes of that and they have rooftop bars like everywhere which i'm a big fan of every hostel has like a banging rooftop bar on top of it And uh, we had one of the part of the meetups was at one overlooking the square and the uh, the big uh, cathedral right there. So it was like we we were there for sunset and and everything. It's really cool. And I'll say, you know, I expected there to be more English speaking there because, you know, other where other touristy areas in Mexico you go to. There's a lot of English uh, speaking people, but there is a lot less in Mexico City, but they're all super nice and they try so hard and they work with you and nobody got frustrated. Anything you ask they work with you and you'd figure it out, you know, I took a few years of Spanish so I can pick up words here and there. And, and we kind of got to where we needed to get to um, all the time, except for one rickshaw driver, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, and even, even Ryan, uh, my buddy, he, he'd never been there before. He's like, this feels so authentic. And like, it's not, you know, you go to Cancun and places like that and it feels like they kind of design it to be for Americans and for tourists Cause that's where all the money's coming from where this, you know, Mexico city is really designed for the Mexican people to come there. And and I'm guessing that's like a major tourist attraction for them around the country, come in and, and hang out in the city and stuff. So it is one of the, you know, not designed for Americans. So it feels very authentic, very European in that aspect. And, and uh, it's kind of cool to take in and I can't wait to check out. We saw just such a small part of it. And there's so many cool neighborhoods we didn't check out because of the meetup we didn't have time to. Uh, So I definitely need to go back.
0: Yeah, the thing about Mexico City is a little bit of Spanish probably goes a long way here. You know, it's very much like you said. Un poquito, yes. Yes, un poquito espanol. Uh, So yeah, there's a lot of friendly people here and they're always willing to help. Um, But when you're going to like restaurants, bars, a lot of times people aren't going to speak English. Um, So you're going to either be signing stuff. I think at the hotels, you will find people speaking English just like everywhere else. But even then, a little bit of Spanish does help a a lot. But yeah, this city is incredible. There's so many museums all over the city. Art galleries, a lot of them are free. Um, They also have the Anthropology Museum uh, in Chapultepec Park, which is like their version of Central Park, which I believe is the largest museum in the world. Um, So just like you said, Mark, this is really the center of Mexican culture. It's the heart of Mexico. And it's the real Mexico. It's not that fake you know, Cabo, uh, Cancun, Mexico, and it's the Mexico oh, where, I where love. Where are you going tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, you know, your next destination, is
1: that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> hey, I'm going to go lay on a beach, so, but yeah, it's, uh, that was the thing, like, when I first backpacked through Mexico in 07, I didn't really have any idea that, you know, all these, like, towns and these culture, and we went through just all these different areas that were, that didn't see a lot of tourists, and it was a whole different side of Mexico, and it's really the Mexico that I absolutely love, and um, and I'm so glad to see that other people enjoyed it And Mexico City 25 million people it's sprawling. Uh, yeah there's so much to see. I- I've been here a few times and I feel like I've only like seen just a little tiny bit of it. I feel like I have to do a trip just to come back and do all the museums.
1: I mean that sounds pretty awesome. Did you guys do anything else you know if people are visiting Mexico City anything people need to know about either things to see or yeah if you want to get I'm happy to hear how you ended up booking things since this is a miles and points, Joe, as you said, although I am enjoying just hearing about the trip in general.
0: Yeah. So Mark actually did a lot of the planning for this. Uh, it was sort of my idea to have the meetup here. We came up with this idea. I don't know well over what a year ago, year and a half ago. And uh, Mark did a lot of the things and found the venues. Like you said, that great rooftop bar overlooking um, the, the central square. And then our big sort of m- event that we did as a group was we went out to the floating markets of uh, Shokomilco which is on the outskirts of Mexico City. A lot of people don't know that Mexico City is basically built on an old lake. It's landfill and actually the city's sinking. You can see buildings, kind of crooked buildings all over the place. Um, so there was these ancient like waterways and this was very much a part of the, the ancient culture. And uh, so we took uh, three trajineras, which are those boats that they take you out in the floating markets and all kinds of fun stuff happens. people selling stuff. And, uh, they tied the boats together, Mark, which I really liked. So our group was all together and we were able to like walk between boats and a lot of cool stuff happened.
2: Yeah, it was, it, you know, I didn't, everybody said it would be kind of cool. There's a couple of people that have been before, didn't know exactly what to expect. It d- did look like it could be a bit of chaos. Cause there's like hundreds of boats there that people go and rent. And Ian Snyder said he did it once before by himself and he got it for like an hour for around 500 pesos, which is like $25, something like that. So it's, it's fairly affordable And it. What was really cool was you'd think it'd be a touristy thing, but it was mostly, you know, like families going out, having lunch together, celebrating, you know, there'd be boats coming by selling uh, corn, whatever. What's the Mexican corn called? Elotes. Elotes. Corn. (laughs) So they were, they were selling that. There was people selling drinks you could pull over to the side to go to bathrooms where you had to pay for, it, which was interesting. And then they had like a little bar set up that you could buy drinks from there. And there's some blankets and toys and there was mariachi bands and people would come by that were playing. Uh, what is that? Like bells, not even bells. What, what are those? Uh, hand are bells? No, not hand bells. Like they're banging with balls on top of the, the steel zy- drums, steel, but not kind of like a
0: xylophone kind of thing. Yeah, I don't kinda. know.
2: Yeah. That's why I was thinking xylophone type of thing. So we had like a part of the tour group. Like we had a bus pick us up and all that stuff. And they set everything up. They set up the boats and everything. And, you know, the mariachi band was included. So they had a mariachi band pull up. They get on your boat and they just do like a song for you and get on their way. And then the xylophone people came over and I asked how much. And it was 70 pesos, which is $3.50 per song. So it was like, you know, paying for a jukebox where you're getting live music and I kind of wanted to just say, here's a thousand pesos. Don't leave like the entire time because it was so cool. Like they were so good. It was a really, really cool experience. We went earlier in the morning because they suggested that it gets pretty crazy in the afternoon. So on the way back, it was like, you're just ramming into other boats and stuff. And then I heard at night, it's a whole different experience, you know, a little more of a party atmosphere. They have like these dolls and, uh, you know, for the dead and all that stuff. And it gets a little bit more spooky and they kind of play into that and everything. So You can go, you know, three different trips, essentially, uh, go to the same place and have three different experiences, I feel like. So it's definitely worth checking out. Probably take you 30 to 45 minutes on a non, you know, crazy weekend in an Uber. And uh, you can go down there. They have little markets right around the water. You can walk around selling knickknacks and shops, which I found interesting. Like in the city center, I didn't find a lot of touristy shops uh, like that, selling T-shirts and knickknacks and stuff. So. This was like an open market type of thing, uh, which I know people like as well. Yeah, there
0: isn't like a lot of touristy stuff, so it's good to to get out there and and do it. I had a ton of fun uh, just listening to the music. Yeah, it's creepy with those dolls. Uh, I guess the legend is that an eight-year-old boy drowned in that water uh, way back when, and then this guy started making dolls for him, and there's all these creepy dolls, and it's a big celebration during Day of the Dead. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting—you get culture sort of everywhere. And you mentioned Ubermark. I guess for people who want to visit Mexico City, Uber is very reliable here. It's very cheap. Um, you know, A long Uber ride will be like less than $10. I think from the airport uh, to the city center to the Hampton Inn, it uh, cost me like 170 pesos, which is like $8.50, something like that. And uh, generally, you can get around pretty easily. They also have an amazing metro system here, um, which is uh, if you're into trains and you're nerdy like me, which I know Mark's rolling his eyes right now. But... It's one of the few metro systems in the entire world that runs on rubber tires, like the, it's based off the Paris oh metro. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's cool to see a train with rubber tires. Come on. It's a, it's a novelty. Nobody
2: looks, at, nobody looks at the tires. I don't think that's safe. I feel like they would melt.
1: Yeah, that, doesn't sound, that <laughs> sounds questionable. Um, by Have the way, you ever ridden the Paris
2: my,
0: subway?
1: No, I have. I have. But I didn't know the tires were made out of rubber. And by the way, you're you know, normal my seven-year-old person. son thinks you're the man right now, Sean. So congrats.
0: Yeah, so the Montreal, if you go to Montreal, I believe their subway is also rubber tires and maybe one or two other ones. I think a couple in China as well. So Sorry to all the there listeners
2: that just got this useless information.
0: But the, the, So we didn't get to do a lot of this, but the metro in, uh, in Mexico City is largely based off the Paris metro. So if you like, you know, there's all those like gothic stations in Paris that people love. There's a lot of those in Mexico City which have different decorations and stuff. The ones kind of in the center where we were didn't really have that, but as you get further out... You have that, so there's a lot of interesting like layers uh, to all of that. So yeah, look out for those rubber tires. And uh, let's talk about the Hampton Inn Mark. So uh, I'd stayed there before a few years ago. Pretty basic hotel, but it's pretty cheap. What like s- depending on the night, sometimes as cheap as like sixty dollars a night for our meetup. Maybe it was a little bit more for some people depending on you know discounts and stuff like that. It's nothing fancy, but I guess. The best part of it is the location. You're really just two blocks from the Zocalo or the center square. What did you think of the hotel overall?
2: Yeah, it's definitely like a 1990s Hampton Inn. Um, I mean, the main entrance area is it's an open air lobby, which is cool. Stained glass ceiling. So that's kind of cool. I always like open air lobbies. The rooms are older, you know, not great of shape. I think it was 20,000 points or a little over a hundred dollars. Most of the nights when I booked. So decent value on points uh, when the prices are up there. If it's down at $60, it's a, it's a much better deal for sure. They had a rooftop area that they let us stay out there all night. During the day, it's like an extension of their restaurant, which is supposed to be the best shrimp tacos in the, in the country, or in, not in the country, in the city. And so you could sit up there and have drinks and, and get the food up there if you didn't want to sit downstairs in the restaurant. And then at night, it's open. There's bathrooms out there. So you can just hang out. You can bring up whatever food or drink you want and sit out there. So I thought that was kind of a nice uh, feature to have. There's a Curio uh, Hilton around the corner that other people stayed at that was very very nice, and I think that was around a hundred dollars when they booked. Um, so I definitely would I would say go there if you're looking for a fancier experience, but want the same location. Uh, it looked pretty pretty amazing to me.
1: Why was it so cheap on Mexican Independence Day? Did everyone booked that's early. That's expensive.
0: Or? That's expensive compared to normal.
1: Oh, really? It's, so $60 is what you're saying is normal? Is that why?
0: Yeah, it basically seems like that just on my kind of looking at this hotel, um $60 is pretty normal. And then I mean, even some people got it for those they booked like, you know, they canceled and rebooked the reservations. They got it for about $80, I think, even over the holiday weekend. So, um you know, always be proactive with that. I agree with you. The umbral I think is what it's called, the Curio Hilton, uh, that did look very nice and uh on points, I think it's quite a—it's almost twice as expensive. But if you can find a good cash rate there, it was good. Some other hotels people stayed at—we uh, had some members on their first night stay at the St. Regis. I think they used 50k certs with Marriott, and then they added 5,000, so it's like 55,000 points. Which, like, if you have a cert, that's a pretty good use. They couldn't stop talking about how nice the hotel was, the breakfast. So that's good. Right now, I'm at the Hyatt Regency. I moved here. It's a Category Three Hyatt, um, but it's on low season, so I'm paying 9,000 points a night upgraded to a suite on 43rd floor. I'm overlooking all of Mexico City. It's a great hotel. It's more located, uh, St. Regis and the Hyatt are located in an area called Palenco, which is sort of the highest end area of Mexico City. The business district, uh, near, uh, Chapultepec Park, which is the, sort of the central park there. So uh, it's in a different area of the city, but I would recommend the Hyatt Regency just based on my, uh, experience. So, uh, that's probably where I'll stay next time. And there's a lot of other, there's a Hilton in Reforma, which is near the, Uh, Palacio Bellas Artes, which is the Palace of Fine Arts, which is probably one of the most famous buildings in the city. And it's not far from the center. That's actually a pretty nice neighborhood. And uh, that one, I think, has pretty good reviews as well. But yeah, overall, uh, there's lots of good hotel options. Things aren't too expensive. They also have a Six Flags Park if you want to go ride roller coasters. Actually, I know Mark's going to laugh, make fun of me, but uh, we went to Six Flags Mexico.
1: Uh Well, I was going to ask, you told us you were thinking of going, but you weren't sure, blah, blah, blah. So you ended up going.
0: Yeah, I ended up going, and I had gone a few years ago, so I already knew what the park was, but it was nice to take Ellie there. It's one of the nicest Six Flags parks in the entire chain, believe it or not. Only locals there, so it's a fun uh, experience, and it's about... How much
2: are, how much are
0: tickets?
1: And uh, I believe it. Uh, I mean, this is a low bar we're talking about here.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, tickets are cheaper. So, like, season passes here are like half the price they are at the parks in the U.S., and Six Flags, you know, they raised prices recently, so... Tickets are super cheap, like I think $30 for the day, $30 U.S. dollars, uh, cheaper than you would find elsewhere. I think a season pass that would get you into all the parks in the U.S. is about $80, whereas that same pass, depending on the park, would run 130 to 160 somewhere in there in the U.S. these days. Uh, but they have some really good coasters. Uh, they had their kind of their Halloween event going on, so it was all themed to Dia de los Muertos, so really cool theming everywhere. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of uh, fun. Ellie had a blast, and uh, that's only about 40 minutes or so from the center again an uber less than ten dollars to get out there and uh so if you want to get some local amusement park action
1: i mean that sounds pretty cool overall it sounds like an awesome meetup mark um and i know that diamond is closed for meetups but this is your chance you know for those who are already in diamond at least and who knows if it'll open again in the future but for those who are in diamond you know make your plug for attending future meetups please mark
2: No, I I would just say it's like, it's such a good group of people. Everybody gets along so well. And we had so much fun. Like the one night I talked about earlier was, you know, Friday night after we were at the the rooftop bar overlooking the city center, we went to, there was a really cool hostel across the street from the Hampton Inn that had a really fun uh, rooftop bar. So we went back there and they're playing all like, I know Joe will love this. They're playing all like nineties, early two thousands rap. And so everybody knew all the songs so we had like 40 people there at that point. Some people went out to eat or, or went to bed and stuff like that. But we had 40 people all singing together, dancing together, and we we're having so much fun that the 22, 23-year-olds staying at the hostels left the dance floor and came over and hung out with us and like, "What are you guys all doing here? What is going on?" And, you know, we had Wow, a, a you guys g- are so
1: cool that the <laughs> Gen Zers came over. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Were they wait, were they time out, time out? Were they like American Gen Zers or were they local oh, Mexican no, was, Gen Zers? It was, then there you're was
2: even cooler. There was uh, European uh, Gen Zers. And then there was a couple of oh, Mexican cool Gen Zers cool came too. over and they were like, Oh, you guys do points. And one was like a 23 year old guy from England. And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm starting to get into that a little bit, you know, and stuff. So he was all about it. And a couple people signed up for the Facebook group that were there. And there's uh, one uh, girl that works at the bar. She, she's a volunteer at the bar and she gets free, free room and board. And then whatever tips. And she was there dancing and singing with us the whole night, too. And she was a lot of fun. The next night, she expected us to come back. She was ready for charades. And a couple people went over there and they're like, where's the big group? You guys are so much fun. I have charades planned and all this stuff. And, (laughs) you know, most of the group was like, I can't do another night of it. You know, we're old. We can't do, you know, four nights, three, four nights in a row. So
1: just the spirit of Gen Zers for one night. Can you Yeah. You know, yeah, we're just do more than we're that. just
2: doing one night. But like they were playing like uh Jump Around, everybody was jumping around and singing and finished the night with uh Mr Mr. Brightside, and everybody was screaming it at the top of their lungs. It was a lot a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, I, I went to bed early, but uh I had to take care of the family that night. So I, I missed out on that. Although I was with you guys most of the day. Um but it looked amazing, saw lots of videos and uh yeah, it's just a good fun group of people who loves to uh loves to like travel, loves life. Not about like, oh, I know everything and you don't. Like, I don't know. It's such an awesome group of people. I once again, just want to thank everybody who came and, and say that. I guess we could close out with food, Mark, because uh, you're not a big adventurous eater, but Mexico City finally tried some tacos. I'm, a, I'm an
2: elitist eater. I eat chicken <laughs> and nuggets and, and French fries.
0: Yeah. So how were, but you did try tacos a couple different times, right? Yeah,
2: I uh, did the tacos, did some street tacos, and then a couple of the restaurants tried their tacos. And then the uh, the bar we were talking about across the street on the uh, rooftop had uh, El Pastor tacos, which is poor kind of spit. And it's, uh, you know, going around. Some have flame, some are like electric heater type of thing. And then they have a pineapple on the spit as well. So it's very, you know, around here in Detroit. That's something we see everywhere, but it's lamb because a lot of Middle Eastern uh, places, Dearborn's like the biggest Middle Eastern focused city in, in the U S. So we see that a lot. So, but this is, you know, a different type of meat and all that. And, um, so when you, uh, they, they put a little bit of the pineapple on there and then you can add whatever salsa you want and stuff. Grilled pineapple on the taco, just, it sends it to another level. I think I've never had it
0: before and it was, it was really amazing. Yeah. Mexico city has the best tacos. Pastor is from Mexico city. So it's from this region, uh, which as you said, is like marinated pork sliced right off the spit with that pineapple is so good. And the salsas are good. Tons of great taco shops. Pretty much anywhere you go, you can get really great tacos the here. Tor- the tortillas are amazing, too. And I love that yeah. they're
2: they like the small, really small tortillas. So it's not like a big mess like you get in the U.S.
0: Yeah, and there's lots of good street food as well. Good churros, um, good elotes, as you talked about, which is the corn. in a shopping
2: like... Always in a shopping cart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, cotija cheese, chile, um, mayonnaise. Like, if you've never had an elote on the street... Mexican, Lotte have one. Do yourself a favor; uh, it's got the juice. Just to reference the corn song that Joe mentioned earlier, there's also tamales and all kinds of other Mexican street foods everywhere. Tons of great restaurants. I know a bunch of people in our group went to Entremar, which is a very famous sort of seafood restaurant here. They really loved it. So you have dining on all levels. But even when you go to like the high end, they had a meal that in the U.S. probably would have cost them 75, 80 bucks. You know, it costs them thirty to forty bucks here, and then tacos. Some places, you know, you can get three tacos for less than two bucks. Really good tacos, not even like cheap ones. Um, yeah, so uh, the food scene Joe, here is pretty good. Lots of good stuff. Joe, how much do you think forty coronas would
2: cost And a rooftop bar?
1: Well, now that I have this whole hundred dollar Hampton Inn on a busy time thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with forty dollars U.S.
2: Ah, uh, close. It was like it was around fifty ish dollars U.S. For uh, They they were just like, oh, can you just bring us, you know, uh, lots of beers. We have a big group. And they're like, do you want a case? And I was like, okay, how about two cases? So they they come in cases. They, yeah, come, they cases. come in So they bring them right out of the cooler, like in case. And they just set it down, like 40 beers. And the bill, you know, it ended up being like $52, including
0: tip. Uh, so it was pretty, pretty insane. Yeah, prices are great. Uh, it's about 20 pesos to one US dollar. So it's really simple, too, to make the conversion as you go. It's one of the easier places to kind of figure out what you're spending. and uh, Speak for not- yourself, Sean.
1: Some of us have math <laughs> tr- troubles, okay?
0: Hey, aren't you a teacher, Joe? Come on now.
1: Not a math teacher, as we've established here. But, yeah, it, it sounds like it was, it was awesome.
0: All right, that's going to do it for us this week's show. Hopefully we gave you some good practical information. We had a great time. It was great seeing the 60 other people enjoy Mexico City as much as I did. It was good to see Mark get uh, lost A few times eat some tacos drink we didn't talk about the loss yeah maybe we'll talk about that uh, on another (laughs) another show uh mexico city has an earthquake drill they're about to like sound an alarm so i gotta go but uh, joe where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast
1: well first of all really appreciated this episode i love hearing about just places that people go so thank you both of you for sharing you can find me at as joe flies all over social media um and at asjoeflies.com i don't know why no one don't go there. Mark.
2: Or Travel Nation. You you forgot the Travel Yes, 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 yes.
1: Mark, go before the earthquake goes oh, off. So Sean goes down. I don't have
2: to. You can you can find me on Twitter at DetroitMark. Email me, Mark at MilestonMemories.com. Join the Facebook groups. Uh message me on Facebook. Lots of ways. How about you, Sean?
0: Yeah, memoriescom for all our posts, podcasts, videos, youtube.com slash miles2memories. If you love Vegas, we're kicking butt over there. And then at miles to memories, all over social media. And here comes the alarm. So thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. there was an earthquake drill going on and we had to get the podcast done before the drill started. And the reason the drill was today was because five years ago was that last major earthquake. I think it was a 7.1 in Mexico City. So today was the day that they had the drill. And then about an hour after the drill, there was a major earthquake. It was about a 7.5 that may be adjusted later on. It was in Michoacan on the coast, but we felt it really strong here in Mexico City. I was on the 43rd floor of the Hyatt in my hotel room. And uh, it's scary to be on the 43rd floor of a building when it starts shaking like crazy. And all I can really kind of compare it to is being on a cruise ship on really rough seas. If you've ever been on a cruise ship where it's swaying really heavily and the walls are creaking. Yeah, that's uh, sort of what it felt like. And I had the realization that I was 43 stories above the ground. Thankfully, I I went outside. The maid uh, and I waited it out in the in the safe zone and then everything was okay so i hope everybody uh here is okay and figured i would record this little uh ending to the show since it was another crazy thing maybe i'm leaving mexico city a little traumatized i don't know but a great trip with an exciting finish i'll never forget it thanks again well let me go back to the military parade real quick joe
2: all right well never mind
0: it's not time for it i think they're just warning us What time is this supposed to go? 12.
2: Yeah, 1218.